Welcome to the SM Supermalls Masterclass Podcast. Listen and learn from SM leaders as they share their expertise on leadership and business. Start your learning journey by clicking a Masterclass episode that interests you. Morning, everyone. Uh, nine months into the pandemic, we're all asking, what's going on with our customers and tenants? This is the question I'm going to help answer today. My name is Gina Borromeo, VP for Corporate Strategy. A big part of what we do is in strategy is to read trends so that we can all make good decisions for the business. And what I'm going to share with you today is a look at what are the trends that are happening in the market today. Now, when you talk about trends, um, there's two ways to look at this word. And one meaning of the word trend is ano uso ngayon? Well, this is a correct meaning. I don't find this the most helpful because as we know, ang mga uso mabilis din malaos at nababago palagi. So instead, I prefer to look at trends as saan papunta ang market. And I think this is helpful because this allows us to anticipate and predict what's going to happen with our customers, our tenants, and what's ultimately good for them all. So today I'm going to talk about San Papuntang Market. Now to understand where the trend is heading, we have to understand first the context surrounding our business today. And I want to start by saying that even with the pandemic, uh, the fundamental reasons why we buy, why we shop have not changed. And when I say the fundamental reasons, remember, people shop not just for functional or essential reasons. We also shop for emotional reasons. Shopping makes us feel accomplished, makes us feel productive, makes us feel good. So that hasn't changed even in a pandemic situation. But what has changed is the transactional aspects of shopping and retail. How we shop, what we shop, where we shop, and when we shop. All of these have been reshaped by what has happened over the last nine months. And if I was to summarize what the last nine months have done for us, it's these three things. First, the pandemic has accelerated Filipinos' adoption of shopping online and digital payments. Second, it has exposed us to new offerings from new players that in the past we wouldn't even look at or think about. Finally, it's made every Filipino reassess what are quote-unquote essential purchases. And allow me to talk about this in a little more detail. Let's talk about shopping online and digital payments. So it's no secret that the lockdown forced us to look for other ways to buy our essential goods. It also magnified for us just how convenient online shopping and digital payments really are. Now, just some statistics to put that in perspective. This is data from Google. So during the lockdown, about almost 4 out of 10 Filipinos were first-timers to um, e-commerce platforms and online payments. And a lot of us say that we will probably continue these behaviors moving forward. The time we spent also online surged quite a bit during the lockdown. Uh, it's come down since, but if you notice, it's still higher than where it was pre-pandemic. And again, this, uh, this behavior is likely to stay. When you look at what people are searching for, it also surged. Um, all things related to online selling, whether you are a buyer, a seller, or a shopper, surged by three times during the peak of the lockdown. Search volumes for food delivery spiked by 14 times during the height of the lockdown. And both have come down since, but like online payments, they've also stayed at a level higher than they were pre-pandemic. So it's likely going to stay. The situation for payments is also similar. 87% of us saw increased usage of um, online payments and about a quarter of us were first timers to this. To give you a sense of scale, the market leader Gcash grew by 280% just in the first nine months of this year alone. And they're growing so fast, they're actually targeting one trillion in a transaction value by the end of this year. Just think about that. That's how fast we really embraced shopping online digital payments. The second thing that's happening is all of us have been exposed to new offerings from new players. It's been estimated by an InMobi report that almost 4 out of 10 of us have tried a new store this year, and that's both online and offline. And it's really because, again, we've been forced to look for new ways to source goods. Um, I want to share a personal story of how that's happened to me. 
the height of the lockdown in May, uh, I like to exercise and run. So I was looking for a breathable sport masks. And because there were no stores available, I found by accident this seller on Lazada who was selling a particular product called the P29 mask. And I suspect there were many other people like me because fast forward to October, the traditional retailer Toby Sports was already stocking the same product in their outlet. So I think they, they saw something in how people were behaving and they responded quickly to that. The last thing that's happening now with the pandemic is that every one of us is reassessing what are essential purchases. And I'll talk about this in more detail in a bit. But it's essential is really about what do I need to, to live my life every day. Now, some things are obvious, like this product here is be became the most valuable thing in the world. It became more important than gold. Good luck finding supply of Immune Pro in your local Watsons or any other store. But we've also seen that a product like plants has also now become essential. Right? And there's something going on about what people think is important in their life. So this adoption of um, online payments, online shopping, looking at new outlets, and looking at what are essential is the context that's actually surrounding our customers, our tenants in our malls. And this is the context that's driving a lot of the trends that we see in the market today. So with this as a backdrop, I'm going to talk about how this is manifesting specifically with our customers, their tenants, and for the mall. So I wanna start by talking about our customers. And the question I want to answer is, what are they interested in at the moment? And what is, the, what is likely to stay with us in the months ahead? Now, as I said earlier, life in lockdown made us all reassess what are essential purchases. During the days of ECQ, these are what I would describe as obvious essentials, things that we need for day-to-day -day survival. So food, drink, medical supplies, childcare products, etc. As the lockdown started to loosen, our idea of what was essential also started to evolve. We, we now started to enter into what I call new and next essentials. These are things that satisfy the new needs that have emerged because of quarantine and new reality life. And if we were to summarize what these needs are, what categories they belong to, I think there are six. The first is uh, domestic hobbies. So these are things that help people, keep people sane at home because we're spending a lot more time inside our houses. So everything from baking, coffee making. So I don't know if you've noticed, the mga mixers are suddenly in short supply and everybody is suddenly a sushi bake master or an ube pandasal maker. So that's part of domestic hobbies. Next is productivity at home, because people are now spending more time at home for work or for school. So the obvious things like laptops and tablets have been in short supply, but even products like um, posture-friendly chairs and desks, furniture, microphones, even decor has become important, given the time we're spending at home for work and school. The third category that's also taken over is functional fashion. So it started off as masks, but any item which is protective and practical, yet still stylish, is now invoked. Take-home experiences is another thing that has happened that has um, exploded because again, people are not able to go out the same way they used to, so they're trying to bring the outside world into their home. Now, a related trend to this is comfort food. People are very anxious, they're very stressed, so people are really looking for, for food and drink that provide me comfort, that relieve the stress. And you know, everything from donuts to pizzas to cookies to pastries has been selling like crazy throughout this whole pandemic, which is a reflection of people looking for comfort. Finally, health and well-being, I think this is quite obvious. Um, it's our best defense against the virus. So people are investing in all things related to health and well-being, from supplements to food and beverage to even fitness equipment. We're all trying to be strong and healthy. These are just some of the photos of the products and categories that are trending these days. I'm sure some of them you're familiar with. I want to highlight a couple that are interesting. So UV glasses, for example, are seeing a lot of um, sales lately because people are spending more time in front of screens, so they're trying to protect their eyes. Air purifiers are the next uh, hot category, on the other hand, for consumer appliances because people are trying to make the home a safe space 
a cocoon from the virus. So new and next essentials are one trend in the customer world. A second trend we've also observed is the greater interest in open spaces and outdoor activities. So this is because it allows people to stay safe, yet still socialize with family and friends. Now we've tried to take advantage of this in our malls with um, nightcap activities like this uh, example here from the podium. This is also translating into the world of sports and activities. So bicycles have been you know, one of the recipients of this. Um, the bike industry has actually hit their volumes at pre-Christmas level, even the middle of this year. So people are really interested in staying strong and staying well, but at the same time being outdoors so they can see people. The last thing that's happening in the world of customers is value for money. Now, this is not new. Filipinos have always been conscious about value for money. But I think it's become even more important given the realities of the pandemic where people have lost jobs or their incomes have been reduced. Now, when we say value for money, we're not necessarily referring to the cheapest item out there. Value for money from the customer's point of view, if it was an equation, would be benefits over price. So if the price goes up, obviously my value for money perception goes down. But if the benefits go up, my value perception, value for money perception increases. So it's a, it's a balancing act. It's not about the cheapest. It's about anabang pinakasulit. And more than ever, you'll notice that um, in stores and retail outlets, talagang kinikilapis ng customer yung item because they're really extra conscious about value for money. So that's what's happening in the customer world. Now, how is that shaping what's happening with tenants? How are they innovating to stay relevant? Three things I'd like to share. First, and this is obvious, because e-commerce and payments are growing, retailers have already started developing their own e-commerce presence. And here are a few. Trunk, which recently launched about two and a half weeks ago, is the e-commerce portal of the SSI Group. So SSI is a tenant in many of our malls. They're the operator of Zara, Muji, and many other stores. Moment Group, which is a food, food operator, uh, the operator of Manam, Uma, Dintai Fong, Eat Cuts, and many more brands, has also gotten into the business. Healthy Options has its own dedicated e-commerce store. And you're asking, why are they doing this? Well, first, obviously, it allows them to reach customers directly, especially when mobility is limited. But second, they're also doing this because it allows them to know their customers better. The transaction data is with them, so they can read it, analyze it, and use it to improve their service. The second thing that our tenants, our retailers are doing is that they're rethinking the role and use of stores. Because again, people are not moving around the same way. Store traffic is not what it used to be. So it's forcing a lot of retailers to rethink, what is the purpose of my store? And what is the best way to use the space? One good example of this is from a restaurant brand called Sarsa. Originally a restaurant, what they've done in the middle of the pandemic to make their space productive is to convert their store into a hybrid of a restaurant and retail. So they sell vegetables, plants, ceramics, and other ingredients in one part of the store. Another part of the store is for private dining. And another part of the store is their staging area for their commissary slash catering slash delivery business. So mixed use essentially is what they've done with the store. And they've done it to become more productive even amidst a more difficult uh, business situation. The last thing retailers are doing to innovate is that they're also creating new products and services. Because remember, with people thinking about new and next essentials, not all of the retailers' offerings might be immediately relevant, so they have to adjust. One good example of that is Ginger Snaps, which is most famous for children's clothes. Now, with children not allowed to go out and social activities are prohibited, there's little incentive to buy clothes, and they've realized that. So what they've done is create a new product that's relevant to the times. And one big need is play at home. Right, so they've created a washi tape coloring kit, which uh, parents can buy from the store, have delivered from their e-commerce store, and use it to entertain their kids at the same time be able to spend time and fun. So not their core business per se, but they found a way to stay relevant 
and have something that they can sell even through pandemic life. Now, with customer needs changing and retailers innovating in response to that, let's talk about ourselves. What does this mean for the mall? What is our future in a world where e-commerce is growing fast? And the good news that I want to share with you today is that e-commerce will coexist with physical commerce. We don't think it's going to replace it. And we say this because we've been looking at what's been happening around the world and in advanced e-commerce markets like China and the US. And the general pattern is this. Yes, e-commerce is growing fast. Yes, it's getting more share of the sales for retail in the market. But you'll notice that it's slowing down. And in the next five years, it's going to make up about 22%. So it's still not the majority of retail. In the most advanced markets, it will be about 30, 35%. Still not the majority. Now, thankfully, it's the same picture in the Philippines. So I want you to look at the bottom portion of the table, the portion marked in red. This is the share of um, internet and digital retail of all retail sales. You'll notice that pre-pandemic, it was less than 5%. Even if this number doubles, which it likely will, it will still be less than 10% of all retail. So yes, it's growing fast, but it's not going to be the majority of all retail. And there's a good reason for this. The Philippines is a very difficult market for e-commerce. We have very unique factors that make it hard for e-commerce players. The first is we're an archipelago, 7,000 islands. That makes delivery and supply chain extremely difficult. Just delivering island to island is an incredible logistic challenge. Top of that, our infrastructure from telecom to transport logistics is not as developed as other parts of the world. So it's already hard enough to deliver from island to island, but when your infrastructure and systems are not world-class, it's even harder. Finally, on the payment side, there's a, why, the reason why we have five different players all competing is we don't have the, a single unified platform like China has with WeChat. So it becomes very difficult to consolidate um, payments in commerce. And because of this backdrop, the e-commerce players know this. That's why they're also using a mixture of physical and digital retail. Zalora, for example, will do pop-up stores, physical stores in shopping centers. Right? Lazada and Shopee will have presence in pawn shops, in convenience stores, and other physical outlets on the ground. Some online sellers actually use our malls as pickup points and return points. And I think what this tells us is that even they recognize that to survive in this country, you need to have the online part and the offline part working well together. Customers agree too. Um, Filipinos, funny enough, even though they've appreciated the convenience and the ease of online shopping during the pandemic, what they will tell you is they still prefer the experience of physical shopping. It's, it's not as romantic, it's not as interesting, it's not as fun. You, you can love the, the convenience and the efficiency of online shopping, but it really doesn't compare to the physical romantic experience of shopping in a store. The mall in the Philippines also it will survive likely because we play a unique role in Filipino life and culture. And you don't see this in any other country in the world. I want to share with you a funny article that I saw last August from the US. And the headline said, Eureka, grocery stores will be the next big anchor tenant to, to move into malls. When I saw this, I was smiling and laughing a bit because we're kind of there already. We've realized it ahead of the US. But I think this is telling us the difference between the Philippine situation and how it is in other markets. We've long realized that the mall is not just a shopping center. The mall in the Philippines is actually more like a community center. It's where you have a complete variety of lifestyle options and services, spanning the gamut from worship to government services, and everything else that will be created in the future will likely be found in the mall. At the same time, it's also a community center because it's where we gather as a community to socialize, to entertain ourselves, and even for events like graduation or senior citizen events. It's a very unique role that you don't see in other countries in the world. 
The other reason that we're bullish about the malls is that they represent relief. Remember, most of us live in crowded homes and dense neighborhoods. We live with in-laws and other relatives and friends. So we're looking for a break from that reality. The mall is the perfect break and escape from that. So given that context, right, no wonder the mall plays a unique part in our life, in our culture, and it will remain that way. But we know because the world is changing, customers are changing, we will need to adapt our business and evolve it given the changes that are happening to our customers. And you may have heard bits and pieces of it. Um, recently, Mr. Steven gave an interview to Bloomberg where he was talking about the shift to China-style mixed retail. And very simply, what that's about, as I was alluding to earlier, is looking at the online and the offline working together. We call this very simply on omni-channel and taking the cue from the prefix omni, which means all, which we, it means we want to be present in all channels because that's how customers buy. They want us to be available wherever, whenever they want it, when they need it. And we want to be the same. We want to be present everywhere for the good of the customer. A big part of this is something we've launched recently, um, our virtual mall app, which we call SM Malls Online. So this app allows the customer to shop virtually from an SM Mall and browse the stores as if you would with an actual visit for the mall. So this has gone live recently in SM Mega Mall and we'll be coming to more SM Malls in the months to come and eventually across all SM Malls nationwide. So that omni-channel future is going to be big for us. So in summary, talked about trends as looking at where the market is going. And to understand that we have to understand the context of the pandemic and what it has done to the market. And I said there are three things. It's accelerating the growth of online shopping and online payments. It's exposed Filipinos to new offerings from new players. It's also making all of us reassess what are essential purchases. And against that backdrop, it's shaping what customers are interested in, which is new and next essentials. It's pushing um, our retail partner tenants to look for their own e-commerce presence, to innovate their store use, come up with new products and services. And finally, for the mall, what it means for us is while we're not going away, we have to recognize that online and offline will have to work together in the near future. So omni-channel, the omni-channel is the big trend for us moving forward. But I want to close with a couple of thoughts. We know the trends are always evolving. You know, as I started by saying earlier, anong uso ngayon can change very fast. So that means for us, all of us in this business, we need to stay on top of these trends. They're always moving, they're always changing. How do you do that? There's three simple tips to close. First, you have to observe, use your eyes. There's no substitute for being on the ground, for being on the floor and looking at what's happening with customers. So I encourage all of us to go out, be on the floor. Second, listen. Listen to what customers are talking about. Listen to what our tenants are talking about. There's a lot of clues as to what is trending in the market. Finally, let's look outside our business. Let's learn from other categories and industries, even the ones that don't seem like they have something for us. You never know. Sometimes what's happening in their business will eventually go to our business. So let's learn from other categories. And with that, um, thank you for listening. That's the Masterclass for this morning. This is SM Supermall's Masterclass Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Watch out for our new episodes every month.